Welcome back to another installment of RA Serials. I'm Grayson, one of your hosts, and with me is your boy, piss boy, <laughs> Josh Johnson. <laughs> I was hoping you would say it. <laughs> it. Listen, it's just, it's it sticks. It made the landing. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's my day off. I'm chilling. I'm wearing my pajama pants, drinking my Propel and my coffee, and I'm uh, ready to rock and roll here. Let's go. Uh, we're going to bring back, uh, you know, something maybe a little bit more irregularly. And this is going to have to be every episode. But for old time's sake, um, figured we could just put it into one little condensed episode. What are some worlds you've been exploring? Uh, if, you, if you know, you know, uh, everyone. And if you're new, well, this is, this is a thing we do. But what have, you, uh, what have you been reading? What have you been watching? What have you been playing? What are you? What? Tell me. <laughs> what? Uh, so, in turn, se- several things. It's a it's a long winded answer, but um, I have been getting into Wes Anderson movies um, pretty heavily. Uh, I started about a week and a half ago with Grand Budapest Hotel, and I loved nice. it. I mean, absolutely loved it. So then I went and watched The Life Aquatic, and then I went and watched Fantastic Mr. Fox. Nice. So, I and also Wes Anderson has like all of his movies on Criterion, so I want to buy all of the Criterions and watch all of them. I love his style, like it's so fun to watch. There's um, some heavy themes in there, but they all are sort of comedic. Uh, mm-hmm. It also has like quick dialogue, but it has like a really light feel to the cinematography and kind of like the quick way that characters spout lines at each other kind of like yeah. Tarantino but more art housey and like with more of a pleasant view of the world yeah. Um, so yeah Wes Anderson has been one of my guilty pleasures the past two weeks or so and uh, I'm probably going to binge my way through all of his movies I couldn't believe I hadn't seen a Wes Anderson film yet I, I don't know how that happens um, yeah you know being somebody that watches a lot of movies you would think that you would have seen at least one, but somehow I hadn't, and um, and I started doing that. So diving really into Wes Anderson. Um, in terms of books, I've been reading a lot of different books. I have a serial problem. I don't know if you do too, where like I will binge read a book and then pick up another book before I finish the book that I was binge reading and start it and binge read it for a little bit and then I'll go back to the book that I was binge reading before and read it but then I'll pick up a third book and start binge reading it and then I'll go back to the second book that and it's just chaos so I can't finish anything but I'm currently reading like 12 (laughs) books oh my god yeah that's so I'm just stick to one I can't. I'm, I get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm I found reading, the same way. I picked up uh, Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. It's actually two authors. It's a, it's a um, collaborative um, pen name, I guess you want to say. Um, I'm reading... What else? Slowly working my way through A Song of Ice and Fire... I've bought the Wheel of Time books. I know we've talked about Wheel of Time on here. Um, I've bought like the first three and just haven't read them yet because I don't Mm -hmm. don't know if I'm prepared emotionally to read that many books. 
there's yeah. 14 of them, and I don't know if I'm ready to make that jump yet. Um, I'm also reading lot. the First Law trilogy by uh, uh, Joe Abercrombie, and I mm-hmm. like that a lot. It is great. It's like darkly humorous and um, incredibly uh, savage, I think is probably the correct term. It's just yeah, very intensely grim, dark, and savage, which I love. I like really dark humor. I like gory stuff. I like, honestly, a little bit of demented in there as well, but it needs to be funny on top of it all so that I can live with myself while reading it. So yeah. if it can be funny and also deal with like, oh... They have severe daddy issues. I'm into it. And uh, uh, Joe Abercrombie's writing has done that for me. But what are you, what have you been diving into recently? Man, it's been a while since we've we've done one of these. So since the last time, I've consumed quite a lot. Um, the one, as of most recently, um, I've been collecting a lot more comic books as of uh, recently. As of recent, whatever the proper grammar is for that. Uh, And currently I am reading a story that actually I got a huge bargain for on eBay. It's like a comic that is out of print. It's two hardbacks. And the first one alone usually goes for like $120. I got both the first and the second one in a combo pack in like pristine condition for $70 which is Mm. not bad at all. Um, It is a Spider-Man comic called Spider-Man Back in Black. Um, It is right after... Yeah, it's definitely a reference to that. It's right after the events uh, in the comics um, of Civil War. Um, So this was back in like 2007, 2008. I think Civil War was in 2007. Um, And it's basically about... Um, Peter Parker, Aunt May, and Mary Jane are basically on the run. They want like because uh, people know his identity because in Civil War he announced uh, that his identity and everything. Um, and they're on the run, so they're basically in this crappy motel on like the outskirts of New York. Um, well, anyway, uh, Kingpin is in prison and. Uh, you know, he don't, he don't like Spider-Man too much. So he sends an assassin to go kill his loved ones because they know his identity now. And so, uh, so the very opening is a sniper shoots Aunt May, uh, a couple times and yeah, they find her, find her Mary Jane and him at this motel and they he shoots Aunt May and Aunt May is like bleeding out on the floor. Um, and obviously Peter is quite pissed at this because he he loves Aunt May very, very much. And he's not about to let the same thing happen to her as what happened to Uncle Ben. So being the absolute shad that Spider-Man is, he runs out of the building and finds the, the glint of the sniper scope and picks up a Jeep with one hand and throws it at him. Like, I'm not oh. like a full on car, just projectile velocity at this guy and it busts through the building. And man, I, I've only read the first, it's five issues. Um, and there's a little bit more beyond that, especially with like the second book. But I've read the first issue, and within the first issue, he, 
Peter goes on a rampage, beating the ever-lipping crap out of criminals that are connected to figuring out who killed, like who is trying to kill Aunt May. Aunt May, he puts her in the hospital. She's in a coma, so she doesn't die, but she's like near, like bleeding out, like near death, and. He obviously can't wear his red and blue suit anymore, um, and he goes back and he stowed away the black suit. Not the symbiote version of the suit, just the cloth version of the black suit that uh, that yeah. Black Cat had made for him back in like the 80s or something. Um, and he finds it, and he's like, I never thought I'd use this skin because I, like, I thought it's... Uh, it, kind of gave the wrong message because i mean it's an all black and white suit like it's very menacing like it's creepier uh and he's like but maybe that's the message i need to send and so he dons the black suit again uh Mm. and yeah peter uh he's not trying to kill anybody but he's definitely out but he's trying to f some dudes up yeah i mean even at one point in the story which i haven't got to yet he finds out that it was kingpin and he goes to prison where Kingpin is at, and uh, he basically confronts him, and he's like, I'm not here to kill you. I'm just, like, I'm just here to, like, make your life hell. And he, like, mm. he, like, takes off the, co- like, he, like, takes off the costume. He's just, like, he's just shirtless, like, literally, because he knows who Peter Parker is. Takes off the mask, takes off, like, whatever, and he's just, like, shirt, like, absolutely jacked Peter Parker with, like, st- like stubble and everything. Like, he hasn't shaved in days, so he looks, like, you know, like, he looks way more cooler. Um Way more cooler. Way cooler. That's, Way more cooler. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah. English. And he beats he beats the crap out of Kingpin. Like, just beats him to a bloody pulp. Yeah. So yeah. that's one of the like, things. Almost kind of like what um, Punisher did to Punisher did to him, sort of thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, very much so. Um, and then uh, I even read a story right before that, which is one of Spider Man's most. Uh, recognizable stories. It's called Craven's Last Hunt, and even and that he's buried alive by Craven. Um, and you know, Craven's Last Hunt is uh, he, he wants to kill Spider Man, and so he knocks Spider Man unconscious, buries him alive, and then pretends to be Spider Man, proving that he could be a better one. Um, it is the most like in terms of comic books, Craven's Last Hunt felt like the most uh, indie of every like of any comic I've ever read it was five issues and it has so many deep themes to it like it is it is very like psychological um because it analyzes both Peter and Craven it like legit feels like a like a24 could have adapted this story into a Spider-Man movie like that's what it feels like it's so so psychological and trippy and weird like there's action in it too but like it is it's kind of freaky like it could be like a like a psychological thriller uh indie movie and it would be so good yeah um even like it even feels a little bit like if Denis Villeneuve directed something like it's got like some similarities to like Enemy or something like that you know uh which oh, wow. is also A24 yeah. so um it's very like Prisoners and Enemy and stuff like that it was a really like it was worth the pickup I bought it actually uh the day after your wedding, which was uh, Spider-Man Day uh, at a local comic book Heck store. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to buy something. It was 25 bucks, hardcover, select edition. And yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, in terms of movies and stuff, this wasn't very recent, but I feel like I need to make a note of it that I watched um, Parasite uh, a few months ago for the first time. 
Um, That's and right. I remember Texas we were talking about this. It. Yeah, and that one was so glad I watched it. It was amazing. Um, I watched you, a lot. Would of you say that it's like months. one of the top ten best films you've ever seen? Uh, objectively, for sure. Like subjectively, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put on like Star Wars and Spider Man and all that stuff in there. But like <laughs> objectively speaking, yes, it was like it was stupid good. <laughs> um, it's a yeah. it is a thrill ride that is for sure. Um, because I just like I didn't get it. Like I didn't know what the premise was of this movie, and then I I as soon as I started watching it, I was like. Oh, okay. Like I'm, I am on board with this, what's happening. Like this is, this feels very tense. This feels suspenseful. Um, the and man, the actors are really good. Even though I don't speak Korean at all, thank you subtitles. Uh, like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. The the yeah. dad it, in that movie is in a lot of Bong Joon Ho films, and he's like one of yes. the best Korean actors. Um, yes, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's also he's in. Um, what else is he in? He's in Okja. He's in uh, Snowpiercer. He's also in Memories of Murder, mm-hmm. which I actually just picked up the Criterion version of that, and I cannot wait to watch that movie. I've got a lot of movies that I need to see, and I just can't always yeah. fit like the time into like right. watching them. But I don't remember yeah. his name. My sister would know it. She's a huge uh, uh, Bong Joon-ho fan. She loves Korean film. But yeah, yeah Bong Joon-ho is one of those guys that like, He's been doing this for so long, and I guess if you're a cinephile, you would have heard of him because, you know, Memories of Murder is critically well-received, so is Oktra, so is Snowpiercer, Um, but, like, he just hasn't, I guess, gotten huge notoriety until Parasite, and now he is a absolute household name. He could make whatever movie he wanted to, and, and it would get financed by somebody. Yeah, it was, it was great, um... And, you know, me and my couple of my friends, we've been having a lot of just movie nights in general, um, especially like back towards the end of last semester. Um, and so we watched, I mean, some crappy movies, some really good ones. Um, currently t- today, actually, and maybe we can talk about this in the podcast. Uh, you can use my HBO Max account if you want to talk, if you want to watch it. But I'm going to go watch Reminiscence today, the Hugh Jackman. Um, I have Rebecca heard Ferguson mixed movie. reviews about it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm my expectations are honestly very mid tier. Um, yeah, but I like Hugh Jackman, and I like the like the sci fi aspect of it. Um, and like, I mean, I have you know, I have Regal Unlimited. So, I mean, so I could go watch it for free. So, um, and I also have HBO Max. So if I want to watch it on there, I could have. But figured I'm gonna go to the theaters. But I also want to go watch Free Guy really badly. Like I think that movie looks yeah. hilarious. Yeah, like I didn't realize how many cameos and stuff were in it. And I've actually heard Dude, amazing. Literally things, everybody so. is in it. Yeah, it's it looks great, and I love Ryan Reynolds. I mean, who doesn't? Ryan Reynolds so. is so funny. I feel like I heard, uh, I thought I saw that there was like a legit Deadpool cameo in, in Free Guy. I mean, well, for one of the promotional materials, um, Korg and Deadpool uh, reviewed the trailer together. Oh like, my god! Which was which was like the first MCU crossover of like Deadpool and the MCU. That's amazing. So Taika Waititi and Deadpool basically were, or Taika Waititi and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and and Korg were like reviewing the trailer. 
That's so good. Yeah. I'm like, what clever? Like, that is amazing promotional material right there. And it probably was like Ryan Reynolds' idea. He's like, let's do it. Um, Because he's no stranger to those types of cameos. But um, yeah, I've got a lot of comics I want to read. I've been reading some Ghost Rider stuff. I've been obviously my Superman and Spider-Man stuff. Um, Yeah, and I've got some movies that um, I'd like to watch um, or re-watch here pretty soon. Um, And uh, I also started Game of Thrones, uh, which I don't know if I've actually publicly mentioned, but I haven't watched much of it, to be honest. I've watched like four episodes. Um, okay. I feel like I feel like I keep on getting distracted. Like I felt most feel like Dude, most people get are like to binging season it. three and four. Yeah, yeah. I I need to like be more on the grind about it. But I think for for me, whenever it comes to like reading or watching or playing something, like I just have to be in the mood for it. And so like yeah, I started watching Game of Thrones and I was like, but like I haven't feel like I'm completely in the mood for it yet. Like I don't know what it is. Um, and so if I try to force myself to watch something, there's very rarely that I'll like it as much as I'm like, oh, I want to play it when I'm ready to play it. And so sometimes I'll have like a, a video game that I'll buy and then I'll drop it because I'm just not in the mood for it anymore. And then I'll pick it up like literally years later. And I'm like, man, that yep. was great because I was in the mood to play it rather than being like, oh, I can feel like I need to force myself um, we were talking about before recording the whole Wheel of Time series, and there's like people feel like there's this obligation to read it. Like there's there's a whole lot of stuff when it comes to movies and games. Like yes. you feel like you have to watch it because of uh, the pressure. Because like of it's like, considered oh, something you have to do. You know, like you're right. obligated. Yeah, like you just got done watching Pulp Fiction for the first time um, for yep. a friend of ours podcast and. Uh, I'm sure, and for me, I have not seen Pulp Fiction, and I feel like there's this pressure to watch Pulp Fiction, even though I don't have a desire to watch Pulp Fiction. And it's like, people are like, oh, you like movies, so naturally you've seen it, right? And I'm like, nope. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, at some point I'm going to watch it, but I'm like, eh, you know. And I'll be honest, it's one of those movies that, like, is objectively great, but subjectively, throughout the movie, I was like, ooh, ooh. You know, like you have to separate what you can, like your personal taste um, from like objectively what it is. Yeah. You know, and, and that's Pulp why we're talking about Parasite. Where, right. But see, Parasite, I subjectively oh, enjoyed I, a hell of a yes. lot more than I did Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was just right. hard to watch at points. Like it was just brutal. Yeah. Um, there's, there's content in there that you're like, oh my God. You know, you have to like wash yeah. your brain out with soap. Yeah, um, but it's yeah, objectively it's, great. Yeah, I, I think I'm just I've been figured out that I've enjoyed consuming and like reading and just enjoying stories more whenever I feel like I'm in the mood to do so. And so exactly. and I I'll, I'll get in what I call them like I'll get into these like phases. And so like I'll be like, oh, I'm in a Star Wars phase. And so like but like I haven't been in a Star Wars phase since Mandalorian season two probably ended yep. like that was when I was like in a really big Star Wars phase and then like Bad Batch started up but like I wasn't really in a like a Star Wars movie but I still watched it because I love like I'm always into Star Wars right and, like even with the Marvel shows like 
wasn't particularly in a Marvel mood until Loki came around and I was like, oh, okay. Like I'm in like a Marvel mood now. Like this is like, this was really good. Um, and so it's just, it's different things like that. Like I have the things that I've always, I'm always going to love. And so I'll always find myself reading more or like stories when I'm in a specific mood, like, Oh, if I'm in a star Wars mood, I want to read a star Wars book. If I'm in a Spider-Man mood, I want to go back and rewatch all the Spider-Man movies and read Spider-Man comics. Like if I'm in a Superman mood, I'm going to read more Superman comics. Like, or if I'm in a, like I played another game and the story is, is I, it was decent, but it's nothing crazy. Like it's pretty cut and dry, uh, was doom eternal, um, which was Mm, a game mm -hmm. that's like, it's, it's, I freaking love that game. Um, but like the story is nothing to, to like, um, to, you know, I don't know, pride itself on or whatever you want to call it. But the uh but like there was so long like i just wasn't in the mood to play it and then as soon as i got in the mood to play it i like binge played it you know and that's when it's always yeah. like man like that was an amazing game like like you, and sometimes you do you do have to push yourself in that regard but um anyway that's a little rant you can also you put that in the title right there that was an unplanned uh the the pressure of uh of watching or consuming something that you're not necessarily in the mood for um yep but uh i feel that yeah let's on the say what I feel that there's there's a lot of things yeah. that like I feel the pressure to watch or read and I just don't really want to like eventually yeah. I will but I don't know yeah and like it always happens like eventually you'll get into the mood for it uh, usually but not all the time but um, anyway back to the original thing uh, we've we've been watching and reading all sorts of stuff but uh, in the next say few weeks what is what is one that you hope to uh, to watch or read or one that you're excited for that you know you're going to? Just just give me one. Yeah, I've got two. Uh, Memories of Murder and Isle of Dogs. I am oh, very yes. excited to watch um, both of those. Yeah, Isle of Dogs actually looked really good. I remember seeing the trailer for that and being like, I wanted to go watch it, but I, but I haven't yeah. yet. Yeah. I also want to um, see. Um, I just picked up the 4K of Big Lebowski, and I want to watch that. Oh, again. nice! Yeah, yeah. That's one of my coworkers' favorite movies. <laughs> he literally acts like uh, the dude. Like he literally acts like yeah. Jeff Bridges. It's so it's so funny because um, he's just like so chill, like very in incon- like unproblematic and consequential type of dude. Um, exactly. But. Uh, what is what you know it i feel like hmm, in the next few weeks honestly the one that i'm probably most excited for in terms of movies to watch uh shang chi comes out uh in like two weeks oh yeah uh and that looks fire so i'm I'm is that one gonna be legitimately good i mean it's 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 like era two of marvel and I'm kind of out on all of them at this point until I hear yeah. reviews come in or that are like, oh, this was really good. But just kind of as a rule it's, of thumb, I'm just kind of like not looking forward to anything Marvel's doing right now. Yeah, no, it definitely looks super stylistic. Like it's a, it is a straight up like it's a, it is a uh, martial arts action movie, like an homage Sick. to like Shang-Chi is a pretty big character in the comics. Like he's one of the greatest like 
martial artists. The actually maybe the greatest martial artist. Only like only second to him is like Iron Fist. Um, mm. But it's like an homage to Bruce Lee movies and Jackie Chan movies and even like old school samurai movies and stuff. Like the action is very spectacular and like super kung fu based while also still being like Marvel. And it also like it's I mean, it's connected to the Marvel Universe. So there's going to be some some cool stuff in there. But like looking at the action scenes and everything uh, from the trailers and stuff, I'm like, this movie is going to be like Black Widow, for example. That was one that I was not very excited for. But currently, Shang-Chi and Eternals both come out by this year, and they just came out with the new Eternals trailer, and that looks sick. I mean, you there's like four Game of Thrones actors in there that I'm like, yep, let's go. Like, you've got Kit Harington, you've got Richard Madden. Um, who was that? Was that guy in The Green Knight who played the scavenger? Was he in Game of Thrones, or was he just in Dunkirk? No, Barry Keegan was just in... Um Dunkirk and Killing of a Sacred Deer. I mean, he's in other stuff, but okay. those are like the two notables. Okay. Yeah, I thought he may have. I thought it was like, was he in Game of Thrones? Either way, dope cast um, for that. And uh, yeah, so I, these, uh, like Black Widow was like, this is not going to be very stylistic. This is going to be very basic. Shang-Chi yep. and Eternals is like, that looks beautiful cinematography really cool like colors and just like the style of it in general it's like we're getting into the really heavily mystical side of marvel because i break i break down marvel into like like a ton of different like sects of what it is and so it's like okay like not even just the movies but in like the comics which they do have have been transitioning but like doctor strange and uh and shang chi and eternals that's like the mystical side and then it starts to blend into like the cosmic side of Marvel which that would be like the Guardians of the Galaxy and Thanos and Galactus and Silver Surfer and then you start going into like the science side of Marvel so that would be your Fantastic Four your Ant-Man your Iron Man which also transitions into like the technology base and then you take like you're transitioning into the military side so that would be like your Captain America and your Falcon and Winter Soldier and your War Machine stuff and then like it's like this just cycle where they like slowly start to bleed through and everything and so like then you've yeah. got your more like action based stuff and then you've got your your crime underworld so that's your daredevil that's your punisher like and it just go like keeps going into this continuous circle where they all eventually like bleed through and that's what i like a lot about marvel um man i'm going on such a tangent right now we'll wrap up very soon but Dude, marvel <laughs> but, totally like, has and, like marvel totally goes through phases like that though where they have they have every single genre you can think of like yeah they (laughs) honestly do they've got everything from you know like thriller to comedy to uh like buddy action flick um Mm -hmm. they've got now they've got martial arts movie um they've got spy movies like the the tom clancy-esque kind of thing like it's a little bit yeah. of everything, and it's just all packaged into that same umbrella of Marvel entertainment kind yeah. of thing. And and the ones that flourish are the ones that really embrace it. Not yeah. and then they've also got Black complete flops. And your Ant Man and Wasps. They've yeah. got the classic like, blockbuster flops. They've got uh, yeah, Captain Marvel, which was just a shit basket. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you've got movies 
like that that like some of them are worse and then some of them are just whatever like your Ant-Man and Wasp and your Black Widow and your Captain Marvel like and your Thor the Dark World the movies that are like they don't they don't feel like they have a whole lot of style to them right right whereas right. Bit the movies bland. that like I can think of the like like not including the Avengers movies like the top five Marvel movies are the ones that really embrace their style so that's like Doctor Strange and Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Captain America the Winter Soldier like all of those movies yep. it's because they all go in different directions and they're like we're sticking to it right um, yep. so anyway we just did like two episodes in one in that RE serial, but we that's going to do we it. Just said, <laughs> we just said, you got two for one, more than you bargained yeah. for from Piss Boy and Grayson. <laughs> I need a nickname. <laughs> I need a better nickname. You do. What is your, it's just, uh, you don't have a nickname. Mm, poo Boy? Pee pee poo poo. We are literally children. We got to end it. We got to end it right now. Thank you all for listening to this RA serial. Uh, Listen out for our last episode, um, our last big episode where we talked about the Suicide Squad. Um, And uh, yeah, just keep an eye out for future episodes. You can follow me at Straits Through Eight. Follow him at Josh Johnson 98 and maybe another place with two ends, whatever. Uh, You can follow (laughs) uh, also us at Rising Action underscore, right? Yes, Rising Action underscore underscore on Instagram. And uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can on Spotify, but leave us a review. Give us a rating. That's kind of a big deal. Those are fun. I like reading yeah. them too. If if you leave a review, guess what? It's guaranteed at least Josh will read it. I can't say that Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> if Josh sends it to me, I will. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's true. Or just you screenshot it and tweet it to me. Exactly. Go send it to and us I'll on Instagram. It. Go DM it to us and then you'll get a big hug virtually. Yeah, I'll send you a I will send you a thousand heart emojis. I'll send you a GIF. A GIF? I don't know. That's up to you, bro. Anyway, we will see you next time. Goodbye! Thank you for listening to another episode of Rising Action. You can follow us on Instagram at risingaction underscore, and we will see you in the next episode.